Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. First of all, it's, it's when the lights come on, the priests come out at night. So, you know, when they come on, it's time to shine. You're listening to the From the Pink Seats podcast. Powered by the State of Louisville Network. All right, we are back from the Pink Seats podcast. I am your host, Jacob Lane, joined, as always, by my good friends, Matthew McGavick, co-host of From the Pink Seats of the Louisville Reporter Sports Illustrated, and, of course, our uh, football our football guy. That's what you are. You're our football, football guy. guy. Big, yeah, big podcast guy. guy. Vincent LaCoco, <laughs> former Louisville football player and assistant coach. We've got a two-pack of episodes for you tonight. A lot of great stuff to get into. Saturday was a game against Syracuse. In the grand scheme of things, the game against Syracuse is a game against Syracuse. The reason we have two episodes tonight is the greatest football in Louisville football history uh, was forever immortalized on Saturday with his number retired, put into the facade of Cardinal Stadium. Beautiful to, to be able to do the Johnny Unitas and the Lamar Jackson thing at the same time. Absolutely beautiful. But we've got to get into that. We're going to talk to, with a couple of people tonight uh, who who know Lamar Jackson, who have uh, had their butt touched by Lamar Jackson and, and Robbie Bell, former Louisville offensive line. And I joke because I hope that after you listen to this episode, you will jump over and listen to Robbie. Absolutely pure comedy of that episode. But we talked with Robbie, who stepped in late last second uh, because our good friend Gigi Robinson, who we tease on social media, was supposed to join the show had a scheduling conflict uh but robbie stepped in and provided a a ton of great insight into lamar jackson and then sarah ellison who covers lamar jackson for the baltimore ravens baltimore ravens.com that is our our second of two episodes but tonight our job fellas is to get into what happened on saturday louisville and syracuse what went down with lamar jackson and then of course the game on uh thursday we got a short week Short week against Duke. Thank God it's Duke, right? Uh, but we'll yeah, get into no all that. First of all, Matt, Vince, how are we, fellas? Good to see you guys. Doing good. I mean, with it being crossover season with football and basketball, I'm uh, losing a lot more sleep than I normally would. But, hey, it's a lot of stuff to cover, so got to be excited about that, right? Absolutely. Vince, how are you, man? I'm great. Uh, okay. I'm great. He's great. He's great. <laughs> Happy for on that. <laughs> you went. You went on a little anniversary dinner date the other night. Where'd you guys go? Yeah, to yeah, eat? yeah. How I, was that? I don't know how to pronounce that restaurant's name, so I'm not. Let's hear it. Fine. No, I want to hear it. No, well, no, no, I will whenever you pronounce DJ's last name correct. Okay. What was the What was the style? What was the cuisine? It was. A, it was it? Cuban food. It was over in uh, Nulu. It is unreal. We have been trying to get uh, reservations there for a while, and I mean, Cuban place in Nulu. Make, like, yeah, a little little margarita action, I assume. I had there. Uh, it was like a Cubano old fashioned. Okay. Smoked Ooh. old fashioned. It was. It was really good, actually. Did you wear a fedora while you drank it? No, but every server had one on. Oh my god, <laughs> that, that is amazing. That's funny. I feel like you got to be playing a game of chess, smoking a cigar, wearing I a fedora while you drink that. Cigars. I was like, I was fully expecting to walk in there and like see people smoking cigars. And I mean, it was still a really cool restaurant. And the food was unbelievable. You guys should really try it out. 
Great stuff. All right, we're going to get through this episode quickly. I know, fellas, that is not our expertise going quickly, but for the (laughs) sake of tonight, we are going to talk through Syracuse and do quickly. Let's start with the big three, the big three headlines surrounding Louisville football. Matthew, take us headline number one. Of course, we always start with our favorite website, the Louisville Report. Headline number one, please, sir. Big, big, big three. Yeah, 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 big three, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Headline number one, re-energized Louisville using bowl eligibility and momentum as motivation versus Duke. Now, I think all of us here can agree that we thought that this game against Syracuse was going to be a close game, right? I think we all kind of had that mentality. Well, uh, as we saw on Saturday, that was far from the case, 41-3, held the nation's second leading rusher to under a hundred yards. And Scott Satterfield said after the game that based on everything that had happened up to that point, how the continuous blown fourth quarters, all of the close games where they end up with a loss, you know, just that same tired uh, narrative over and over and over again, that the team just needed a win like this. They needed a complete performance. They needed a dominating performance. And so even though as they head into a short week against a Duke team who we're, we're about to get into a moment, spoiler alert, their ass, um, th- this is this is the kind of game they, they needed. And they're using that, the, that momentum there on top of the fact that, hey, that win against Syracuse gave them five wins, so they just need to win one of their next two games to get to a bowl. So even though they are taking on Duke – I mean, it's, it's Duke and football, and we'll get to that in a little bit farther. But this is the motivation that they have to try and take care of business, just treat Duke like they are, and just go out there and get a win. Yeah, this season, I think, will always be remembered for what could have been Scott Satterfield's comments of we should be, I think at the time, seven and one, six and one, whatever it was in the schedule. Um, we know we're a few plays away from that. That's honestly what the season is. You know, Louisville is a, a few plays away from being – eight, nine, and one. I, I've, I've lost track at this point with two kids, football, basketball, what the record is. I think they're uh, nine, 10 games, 10 games at this point, there's two opponents left. So uh, Louisville could be a lot better than they are, but Hey, bowl eligibility Duke is Duke is currently three and seven and zero and six in ACC play. Yeah. They are easily the worst team in the conference. David Cutcliffe likely to be uh, forced into retirement. They will call it. He resigned. Uh, and, and Duke will go about their way of continuing to be asset football for years to come. But this is a game that Louisville can't overlook. Uh, bowl eligibility, while it's not eight wins like we all predicted here, uh, it is still important for the trajectory of Louisville football and the continued growth. Uh, so this game will be uh, extremely important. All right. Headline number two, my favorite headline of the, the night. There's a lot of ways to go with Lamar Jackson, but of course, and true from the Pink Seeds fashion, we're going to take a look at the most uh, unimportant thing happening on the field. Lamar Jackson, uh, this uh, from TMZ, the first TMZ appearance on From the Pink Seats. Lamar Jackson rocks $8,000 Gucci fit. Silence for dramatic pause there at Louisville ceremony. That feels like a slight, like you wouldn't wear an $8,000 ceremony at a or Louisville, uh, outfit at a Louisville event. Whatever. Lamar Jackson's outfit. There's a number of ways we could go with this. It was just totally what you would expect from Lamar Jackson. His Heisman suit, he's become well-known for that, obviously. All the Louisville videos that have been put up the last couple of weeks on social media. But how about this, fellas? We, we are obviously younger fellas trying to get our careers established. We don't have the, the liquid cash to buy clothes, I would imagine, at this level. Uh, but Lamar Jackson's outfit, I said $8,000, made up of this. 
uh, his vest, which looks like a turtle shell, $2,500. What do you got? Would you pay $2,500 for the Gucci turtle shell? No, absolutely not. No. Considering okay. his, his hood kind of looked like the guy from Spaceballs. You could tell how cold it was based off of Lamar's hood on Saturday, just alone on the hood, the way that it just barely hovered his head because of the wind. You could just tell like, damn, that looks very uncomfortable. All right. The GG uh, canvas jogging pants that he wore. How, how about a price tag of $1,020 for those things? They look like dress pants, but apparently according to the website, they feel like uh, uh, they feel like heaven on your legs and your under areas. Any comment to go uncomfortable? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Prices. I could, I could never spend that much money on clothing, to be honest with you. I mean, and then I'll, I'll stick with my like, tw- like twenty dollar pack of six, like six pairs of socks and like just regular boxer briefs, cheap jeans. Like yeah, I'm, yeah, bro. I've got two <laughs> pairs of jeans. <laughs> and then his shirt, which you couldn't see underneath the uh, long sleeve shirt, uh, he had the, he had a, he had layers on. According to my wife, layers are in style these days. But he had a shirt, and the shirt alone was six hundred and fifty dollars. I don't think I have, I don't think my closet adds up to six hundred and fifty dollars. If I'm being honest with you, it's a t-shirt. That's MVP money, fellas. We don't have that, right? I think we can all agree on that. The, the game. I mean, maybe if maybe if we start a pink seats pool and try and get lottery tickets. I, I could go for that. Or we just hope that Matt McGavick hits it big in the journalism pool and he eventually becomes the, the lead writer for the biggest outlet in the world. All right. Money headline in, number money three. In sports media. <laughs> headline number three. We go to Card Chronicle for my good friend Keith Wynn. Tafik Thomas commits to Louisville football. Another name that Matthew, I am not sure I'm pronouncing correctly. How do we pronounce this? Is it Tafik? Is it Tafik? Tafik. Tafik Thomas. This is one of my favorite recruits in recent memory of Louisville football because of how big this fella is. Uh, he's a three-star defensive tackle out of Tampa. Uh, he committed to Louisville over offers from Iowa State, Michigan, Kansas, Miami, Maryland. I believe he had been previously previously committed to Iowa State or was trending to Iowa State for a long time. Uh, Louisville has been on him for quite a while now, but 6'5", 325. I don't think we're going to be able to make the argument anymore that Louisville is undersized at the defensive line position, uh, something that definitely has plagued Louisville the last couple of years. So, Vince, I want to come to you for this. The football guy who's been in the building, who knows Coach Brown. I know you you did a lot of work, uh, you know, with the wide receivers. But what does it mean to this defense to be able to get a defensive tackle, nose tackle, nose guard, whatever you want to call this, who's probably going to play above 300 pounds, which is uh, as of right now, about what, Matt, 25 pounds heavier than any defensive lineman on their, on their roster. I, it sounds about right. Cause I'm pretty sure the heaviest is around 305, uh, 307. And his, his weight at 325 is 40 pounds lighter than what he was at the start of the summer. He was up there in like the three sixties when, like he first started getting on Louisville's radar when I was starting to do some research into him. So he's actually lost some weight. Yeah. But so, so Vince, tell me what, what is this uh, size unlocked for Brian Brown in the middle there? I, you know, just watching some of his stuff, it looks like he moves well too with that weight, which is like what I'm most excited about. Cause you can really play around with your nose tackle now. Uh, you know, you want that big six, six frame to, to uh, keep the alignment off of your linebackers and everything. But with him being able to move with that weight, He's going to be able to get some different types of pressures with these nose wraps where he's, you know, taking one step up and coming and wrapping all the way around the end and everything like that and keep it, and still being able to keep it contained. Uh, I, I'm pretty fired up about this kid. I'm not going to lie to you. 
Yeah, I, I am too. I think that um, when you look at Louisville's defensive line, I think one of the biggest issues is just having overwhelming size and athleticism, the ability to not only clog holes, but be able to really penetrate through the middle and um, allow for, for more disrupt, disruptive activity from a defensive tackle. We've really not seen that thus far from Louisville. Um, you know, obviously the weight is, a, is something that you, you hope that he can come in and play at a healthy uh, three, 330, 325, three, you know, 315, 20 pounds, wherever he ends up uh, in terms of, you know, build, right? You can be chubby at 325 versus being just a, a monster muscle man at 325. So uh, Coach Saragano and the strength staff definitely going to be able to, um, you know, have, have something to work with there. That's a lot of size, a lot of opportunity. How about a lineup, Matt? This here's the defensive line nerds and us. Caleb Banks, 6'7", 265, and a little Tafik Thomas there in the middle at 320. How about that right there? That's some size on a defensive line. And that's, that's the size. That's the length that this D-line needs. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going in the right direction there. Uh, reason number 200-wise, Sat, Scott Satterfield and uh, Brian Brown and the staff have uh, no reason being fired. I digress. Let's uh, move <laughs> into the best segment in sports. We quickly turn the dial here from the big three into Vince's game notes where we go back in the time machine, put the film on, and look at the X's and O's this week's opponent, Syracuse. Obviously, Louisville dismantled them in every sense of the way. So, Vince, my good friend. It's time to get down to brass tacks. It's Vince's Game Notes with Vincent Lacoco. Vince's Game Notes, what do you have for us? So, I mean, let's just open it up with Jalen Mitchell's opening run. Guys, I, it was a beautiful hold that our offensive line had developed for Jalen that you probably, all three of us, could have ran through together with our arms locked. Like, the O-line did a great job on that first play, and that's really how you want to open, you know, you want to open a game up because that just sets the tone right there. And I think the O-line probably got a little taste of that last week with how well they did against Clemson and said, you know, if we can do this against these guys, then we sure as hell can do it against Syracuse. So that was very nice and uh, very reassuring to see. Uh, So if you go back and listen to last week's episode, I was requesting on one of those last four plays to be something with emotion, maybe that option play where we bring the guy out and, uh, you know, have him out there for a pitch play. Well, we actually ran that on the first series and we ended up scoring on it off of basically exactly what I was talking about last week with the safety taking the running back opposed to him taking the leak on that. So that that was great to see. Tyler Harrell, have yourself a day, kid. Can we, can was, we, I, I'm going to start this campaign. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm going to start this campaign here so that when, when radio stations and TV shows and all the sports media, the 5,000 sports media outlets in Louisville start talking about this, Tyler Harrell is an NFL receiver. Go on. Yep. I, I, compl- I completely agree with you. And, and the best part about Tyler is Tyler's truly progressing throughout the season. We saw how rough he started. You know, we were talking about, can he catch anything out here? And here he is, you know, his, uh, his touchdown play was awesome. So Tyler went to go sell the outside, and the safety didn't take it, did not bite on his outside outside step at all. So Tyler knew, you know, midway, you know, I guess at the top of the route, excuse me, that he's going to have to be physical. And if you go back and watch, Tyler is extremely physical with both his hands, rips up through there and makes a great catch. And uh, even better is Malik put it out there. So Malik's deep balls this game were – great you all last week I was harping on Malik throwing it too vertical he's uh 
you know, just leaving those balls out there for the defensive backs to go up and bat it down or make an interception on. Instead, this week, Malik started flattening people out, which was exactly what we all were uh, harping over the past couple weeks. You know what uh, the name of this episode is going to be? I'm just going to throw this out here. I have this in the notes, so you guys know this. Um, we, we would like to give the, the episode names a little bit of humor each week so that even if you don't click on the episode, you, you're like, ah, these guys are a little funny, right? The, the thing I walk away with now, knowing that there's Tyler Harrell, Jordan Watkins got involved. We've seen Marshawn Ford, Justin Marshall. Malik is really excited about who's going to get these deep balls. Right. I mean, Malik is, is got options. You know, he is, he has got not one, not two, not three, not four, but potentially five deep threats. And we're talking about, um, you know, if he can get that consistently, man, I went on a Syracuse podcast on Friday um, and I talked about this offense and, and the guy asked me in the, the show, do you think this is a game where the, the teams just line up in, in the box and they play, you know, seven, eight guys and three guys in coverage. And I was like, yeah, you can do that against Louisville. Uh, but the reason why Louisville is not at, at, at the record they should be is because Malik Cunningham is just inches off on some of these deep balls. Right. Tell me I'm not wrong. Yeah, Louisville yeah. is seven, 14 points each game. If he just is slightly better there. You're, you're correct. And I think that's what that, that was the point I was making is, it's, it seemed like Malik got the grasp this past week against Syracuse. A lot of those balls he was just throwing out in front of his receivers. And, yeah, that works. Sometimes you can do that sometimes with Tyler and Jordan. But a lot of times you're going to have to flatten these guys out and throw them open like you do in the NFL a little bit. Yeah, and I'm going to let you continue to go in here. But I, I just want to make one more comment on Malik Cunningham. I had a good conversation with a buddy of mine this week just talking about Lamar Jackson's progression and and just truly his – um, you know, where he was when he got onto the field in 2015, 16, really in 2015 versus where he was when he left in 2015. Um, if you remember, one of the things that was so infuriating about Lamar is that he would have real, like four or five really, really good throws. And then he would just sail a football and it would go 40 yards past his receiver and it would be an interception. And it would just be like, if he can just reel that in a little bit, his passing is going to be special. And we saw that happen. I think Malik, if he comes back one more year, which we have a lot of time to discuss whether that's something he should do or shouldn't do. Malik is on the cusp of becoming a great passer. I can see it. And this last game, I, I, I don't want to say that it's all Malik Cunningham because maybe Sarah uses defense's cheeks the passing i mean we, we we said last week they're a good defense but malik man that was special what he did through the air continue go on so just to continue on the offensive stuff uh jordan watkins made that phenomenal catch uh where i mean where it like bounced off his chest you know want to give him a shout out that was a great hell of a play over there on down the sideline uh the second effort by tyler harrell was awesome to see on the kickoff return to open up the half. That's something that, you know, I've talked about in weeks previous that can demoralize the team that you're playing against. Now to, uh, to talk about the defense. I mean, these guys, I don't think we could have asked for any more from our defense this past week. You know, they finally stepped up and what I'm, what I think it was is uh, we brought Kendrick Duncan in the box more. So Kendrick Duncan had probably his best game of the entire year. He had that pass breakup. Uh, he had multiple, uh, just multiple tackles. He's always in the right area this past game. And I think that's because they brought him in the box. We were rotating our safeties a lot. So that was great to see uh, from Coach Brown and those guys. I thought it was a weak hit. Uh, they gave uh, CJ a penalty, the late hit. Do you guys remember that one? I do not. All right, so last week we were talking about the uh, – you all asked me about – The targeting. Hit. Yeah. 
Yeah, the targeting hit. And as soon as I saw this play, I was I'm like, oh, surely to hell they'll remember this. But CJ, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but CJ basically had a late hit on the. It wasn't even a late hit. It was a bang bang play. It could have went 50-50. So that's about all I got for you guys for the game notes. I, I thought it was a great, great performance from our defense and offense. Felt like we kind of finally put everything together. Yeah, we didn't score as many points as we would have liked in the second half. But still, it was nice for us to hold on. And I think we got enough momentum going into this Duke game to, you know, put the foot on the throat, win this sixth game, and then head into Kentucky week with some really, really feeling good momentum. All right. Perfect segue. That wraps up a fantastic edition of Vince's Game Notes. The the Jalen Mitchell thing at the beginning of the game was like an eye-opener for me. of like, holy crap, I think Louisville is going to win this game, and it might not be closed. I mean, the it, it whole, was like you down. said, I think we could have even gotten like four friends each and all gone through there together. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy seeing it open up in real time because I'm just like, Syracuse is not doing anything. And they, and we said in the last episode, how have they, they had one of the more aggressive defensive fronts in the ACC, and Mitchell was just walking up and down on them on that first drive. Uh, we also, I mean, the bye week we talked about, we graded all our positions and everything like that, and we were talking about we need to see how the O-line progresses throughout the, se- the rest of the season. I think I think our O-line is, you know, starting to hit their stride pretty, pretty well, don't you say, fellas? I do, and I think oh, right yeah. now, if you were going to hand out a most improved award, I, I, I think that you would probably give it to Jack Picknell because at the beginning of the season, I think we we obviously talked about it on this show, um, you know, that they were struggling with with talent they shouldn't have been struggling against, uh, and it made you wonder, like, okay, is this the Dwayne uh, Ledford hangover? But Coach Picknell, man, he has definitely come in and. They, they've done a great job getting it turned around there. And uh, it's exciting to see what they're going to do. Uh, let's shift gears into Duke. Um, obviously a basketball school, not a football school. Um, Coach Cutcliffe there has had his ups and downs, had things um, going at certain times. And they've, they've presented a challenge uh, to Louisville a time or two. I think it what, what was it? 2000 and was it 16 where they, they held Louisville to a really uh, small in, performance in 20- point. In 2016, it was 24-14, and their only other meeting was an 0-2 down in Wallace Wade Stadium, and they beat the brakes off them in that one. Yeah, I remember that game in 2016. Um, Was it after? I think it was after Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I remember that game I'm pretty sure it was after Clemson. I remember that game being – I'm like, this is Duke. But at that time, they they had, uh, I'm not mistaken, Daniel Jones. So a little bit of different Duke team um, than what they are now. They obviously have Mateo Durant, which if, you know, guys, I love Jalen Mitchell. I love uh, Trevion Cooley. I love seeing Jawar Jordan. Uh, but if I could have Mateo Durant, I'm taking him 10 out of 10 times. Uh, they're an offense that has decent stats, 45th in the country in total offense, 60th in, in passing offense, uh, 39th in rushing offense, but uh, my God, uh, terrible defense. And uh, I, I, uh, one of the worst in the country. Calling which... this defense trash is an insult to trash. I'm just throwing that <laughs> yeah, out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the bomb, that. Yeah, I mean, very it's, fair. I mean, just let I me mean, look at the stats. They give up literally 0.1 yards away from 500 yards a game. It's 129th in the nation out of 130 FBS teams. The only team worse than them is Arkansas State. They give up 304 passing yards a game, also 129th in FBS, and they give up 195 rushing yards per game, which is 108th. Hey, an improvement. I mean, there's a couple guys on this Duke squad that, I mean, are not completely terrible. Like their middle linebacker, Shaka Hayward, he's 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 a good guy in the middle, but they get no pass uh, pass rush pressure. They get they have 
a horrible effort on the back end in their secondary with their cornerbacks and safeties. And I, with this game, I know it sucks that I'm not going to go more in depth than this, but if, if Louisville doesn't win this game by more than two touchdowns, I think it's going to be a disappointment because this, I remember coming home from the Syracuse game after covering that game, just doing some work from home. I decided to fire up ACC network in the background. I think I was actually waiting for the game after that. I can't remember what it was, but the ending of Duke Virginia tech was going on. So I thought, yeah, I'll put that on. I had that game on for 20 minutes, not 20 minutes of game time, 20 minutes, real time. And Virginia tech scored three times. That defense is cheeks. Is it me or does it feel like we're destined to beat Duke to get to the Duke's Mayo Bowl? I feel like that's where we're headed here. Like that's the that's, that's, See, the, that's the pinstripe bowl. See, based on every bowl projection, it's it's either been the Pinstripe Bowl or the Fenway Bowl. I, I mean, I've seen the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl thrown in there, but I think I really do think it's either going to be one of those two bowls at a baseball stadium. Yeah, I think we need to start uh, working together on planning that road trip there. We'll get Matt's credentials so we don't have to worry about a ticket for Matt. And then, Vince, you and I can get tickets and sit in the seats. Matt can cover the game, do his journalistic thing. We can drink the beer, cheer the way we did earlier in the season at games together. I think it's it's lining up to be um, a very, very, very perfect uh, type of bowl game opportunity. But if if you can hear that, in the background there uh, in the good in the words of uh jim ross wwe probably talked a little bit about wrestling in the episode coming up after this but uh you would hear jim ross saying by god that's trap games music this is a trap game fellas duke sucks but we have seen louisville come out plenty of times against teams that suck and make them look like legitimate football teams so i ask you uh, Scott Satterfield was asked about complacency. We've heard multiple times this season, players, coaching, people have said that this has been an issue. So how do you avoid complacency and, and avoid being um, embarrassed, quite frankly, by Duke in, an, in a game that you have to have to get bowl eligible? Well, I, I think you just you, you treat it like it's the game. You you treat it like you're playing to, to go to a bowl game. You know, like your your season, you don't want to go into this Kentucky game with five wins. You don't you don't want to have that hanging over your head when you're about to go play your rival. So because then your rival plays more inspired to try and keep you out of the bowl game. It, it, exactly. So I think the guys are going to look at this and be like, all right, we're we're playing for this is our bowl game right here. We got to win this one. And it's kind of like win or go home, maybe attitude ish. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be – this game's got to be, you know, there there's, there shouldn't be any force uh, or any any chance of complacency because this is a game that, that you have to have to keep playing. Scott Tyrefield talked about the importance of extra practice and how that will really help this team um, down the road. And, and this has got to be a game against a team that sucks, quite frankly, where you come out – um and, and you dominate what's the point total here what's the i mean this is a defense that matt you should be able to put up what 50 points easy oh absolutely i mean i think they should score 41 minimum i mean this defense is that bad now on the flip side that offense is not bad and especially if uh, uh gunner Hol- holmberg i believe is his last name if their yeah. regular starting qb comes back in because the last two weeks they've had to have a freshman came in that freshman got hurt and had to have another freshman come in so they're they're Offense was kind of in a tailspin, but they, they do look a little bit better with Holmberg in there and you couple him with Mateo Durant. I mean, that offense isn't isn't 
awful. I mean, it's not great. It's not terrible, though. So I, I do could very easily put up, you know, 13, 17, maybe even 20 points, depending on, like, what defense goes out. But this is a game where this the offense will win this game because of how terrible that Duke defense is. Like, I know I, know I already said it once before, but I it's hard to – put into words how bad Duke's defense is. They suck out loud. Okay, so Malik Cunningham had a special game against Syracuse. Um, Obviously, we know what is a week away from uh, this coming up Saturday with Kentucky coming to town and a game that um, has become a little bit more realistic for Louisville to win. I'm not saying that they should be favorited or that they even will win, but a game that's a little bit more realistic to win. Um, for Malik, Matt and Vince, I'll open it up to you guys. What, what's the next progression? How do you follow up Syracuse, um, with the five touchdowns and and just continue to build and get better as a quarterback to be able to beat uh, a team like Kentucky and sec school, a ranked team to finish the game at, at potentially seven and five. I think not, not so much just with Malik, but just for the team as a whole. Okay. You've already established that you can play a complete game. I mean, better late than never, but you finally did it. you, did you got it together on offense? You, I mean, you didn't put up that many points in the second half, but then again, you didn't really have to because like the backups went in towards the end of the third quarter. Defensively, you only held them to a field goal, I think, on their what was it, their first drive, and then no points for the remainder of the game. Special teams wasn't a complete detriment. So, okay, you've already established you can play a complete game. Now go and do it again. Now you need to establish continuity. And if you can do that against an SEC team, against a Kentucky team who is is solid. I mean, they're reeling over the last few weeks, but that defense is still pretty good. Now, depend, we'll see what UK offense decides to show up if Chris Rodriguez can stop fumbling the ball and if Will Leavis can stop throwing the ball to the other team. But this is still a really good Kentucky defense, and if you can take that momentum into the Duke game after having done it against Syracuse, then you're really starting to get the ball rolling heading into the final game of the regular season. Yeah, I, I I think that this is a game where, I mean, you want to see Louisville just play as complete as they can and dominate from start to finish, right, Vince? I, I agree with you guys. I mean, I was just going to second everything that you all were going to say. And, you know, my dad used to tell me all the time, make the plays that you're supposed to uh, make the plays you're supposed to make. You know, we're not asking you to be a superstar or anything like that out here. And I think that's what Malik needs to go out there and do. He doesn't need to be doing anything you know, that isn't out of his norm or trying to do too much. Just, you know, make the plays you're supposed to make. All right. I want to do um, real quickly before we get out of here, we will, we'll finish with predictions in a second, but I just want to touch on a couple of statistics that I think are extremely important. Um, and Matt, when we get to the the fun part of the off season, like we did last year, where we look at the season in review, I think we'll come back to these because these are, uh, very telling to where Louisville football is this year. So, uh, do you want the good stat or do you want the bad stat? Where do you want? Where do you guys want me to start? Let's start with the bad stat. Let's just yeah. nowhere but up. Okay. Of course, I say what stat do you want, and then I scroll away from the bad stat. Okay. Here is the bad stat. This is the the good and the bad. I think this this not only captures Matt what we did last off season, but it it captures everything we've done this this season as well. Here it is from our our favorite stat junkie. Uh, that's not local, David Hill. He tweets, Louisville has eight losses over the past two seasons in games when it outgained its opponents in yardage. No other FBS team has more than five. If Louisville has just a handful of these games go the other way, 
the narrative is completely different on Scott Satterfield, is it not? Oh, yeah, absolutely, it does. Definitely. I mean, it's it's funny because I think a couple episodes ago I was saying one of those coach speak narratives, and you were getting on me, and now look at you, you're you're starting to spit out one of those narratives. I'm proud of you, Jacob. I've a couple of weeks. I've been trying to get on the positivity train. I'm tired. Of, I'm just tired of all the negativity around here, both the people who are negative in in general, and then the people who are negative. Uh, to the people who are positive, you know, it just goes back way both ways. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me follow. Let me follow that up with my, my good tweet. I have, I have a good tweet with a good stat, but of course to get to the bad tweet, I left the good tweet. And so now I got to go back <laughs> in the air I, on the air here. I am delaying, but I promise you it's well worth it. Um, and it is going to uh, be something for me to toot my own horn with. Here we go. Kelly Dickey, our favorite stat junkie locally or nationally. He tweets. Yasir Abdullah's nine sacks are the most by a Louisville football player in a season since who? Do you guys know? Nope. Matt, I feel like you know. I feel Matt, don't answer. I, I don't know if you heard. Well, Matt, you know. I, you are a journalist. You know. Vince, who's the answer there? Elvis Dumerville? No! Devontae Fields had 11 sacks in 2015. Really? That's a, hmm. I did that. Okay. Okay. okay, I actually wasn't right. I said James Hearns, but I think I feel like he tied. I feel I feel like Abdullah tied Hearns in that last game in some category. I'd have to go back with that, but I'm either sure way. The name. Yeah, go pass ahead. rush is back, right? I mean, no no Louisville player has more than uh, seven sacks over the last two years. This year, Abdullah has nine. Uh, I predicted him to be the Louisville uh, leader in sacks this season. I, I, I Yasir Abdullah is a probably right now a day two NFL draft pick, in my opinion. I might be wrong. We're going to probably talk NFL draft this offseason at some point. Uh, but, uh, yeah, those are two stats that I had to celebrate. So those are your stats of the week. All right, predictions. I'm going to start here. Louisville goes against Duke on Thursday night in a short week. Uh, Duke is 3-7. and seven. They have been terrible uh, on the season. Two of their wins are against Northwestern and Kansas. The other one is against uh, North Carolina A&T. They lost to UNC Charlotte. Tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> they lost to Virginia 48 to nothing. They lost to Wake Forest 45 to 7. Pittsburgh beat them 54 to 29. They lost to Virginia Tech, who just fired their head coach, like by the same margin, like 45 17 or something like that. 17 to 48. I am going to go 51 to 13. Louisville beats Duke on Thursday night. What do you have uh, for your final here, Matt? I think Louisville takes takes control early. They put their uh, feet on the throttle and they never look back. I'm taking Louisville 45 13. All right, Vince, finish this up here. I, I know you've got a, a, a winning score because that's just what you do here. <laughs> what do you have for us? I hate Duke. I grew up listening to my dad tell a story about the shot, so I, I just hate Duke. But I think we're going to win 42 to 10. Uh, I don't know. I just I think we're just going to roll these guys and just get right on to Kentucky, get ready for that week. We're almost to UK week. It is going to fall in the middle of a week where Louisville and basketball has two games in the Bahamas, which will keep Matthew tied up with all of his journalistic things there. We've got Thanksgiving. I've got two kids trying to do Thanksgiving for the first time with two kids. Vince has got a ton of stuff going on with his work and with his family Thanksgiving. So next week, we're going to try to get the Kentucky content that we want. But just know it's a busy week for all of us. It may not uh, be as extravagant as we hope. I'm just going to tease that. So when we have... coffee send coffee now send coffee for matt matt you get to you don't get to go to the bahamas but you can put on a hawaiian shirt you can put maynard in a luau uh you know or what that what's the the not a luau what are the what do you call the the flowers you put around your neck what, what do they call those they're uh they're luau's aren't they 
No, the luau is where you lay. go with the a lay. That's right. We'll, lay, get, Ma- yeah. we'll get Maynard a lay. On, yeah. We'll get Maynard a lay, and you can enjoy the Bahamas with a little, you know, with a little daiquiri in your hand, and at least be enjoyable. But I say all that to say, next week we obviously are going to talk about Kentucky and the importance of that. But family and work come first, so just uh, temper your expectations so that when we, <laughs> <laughs> I learned a long time ago that you uh, under promise, over deliver. That's the way that things work but uh thank you guys so much for tuning in great episode uh, uh be sure to to hop over after you're done with this episode um and listen to the interview with robbie bell and then sarah ellison of the baltimore ravens a lot of great stuff on lamar jackson this has been again a great episode be sure to follow matt at matt underscore mcgavick you can check out his work at the louisville report of sports illustrated and then at vincent lococo is the twitter handle for vince where you can find all the good football stuff. Big podcast guy now, famous. Getting out here, getting recognized by Gary the Redbird. He's, he has far surpassed us in celebrity status. Uh, and if you're wanting to follow a loser, you can follow me, Jacob Lane. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm just kidding. Not a loser. No, you're not a loser. We love I know, you. I know. But Vince, I'm not a podcast guy. No one's stopping me. Oh, game to get I, I stopped him, man. <laughs> oh, what was going on with <laughs> I had to go out of my way. To oh, him. man. Great stuff. Thank you guys for listening. We'll, we'll catch you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.